This message is timely. This message is precious. This message is needed today more than ever. And as I see the memes about babies being born after this quarantine, which makes me chuckle because quite frankly, I have no added privacy or time to shindig with my husband right now. So lucky on them. But contrastly, I've also seen the memes about divorce rate increasing because of proximity. And that saddens me. I wish my husband was non-essential and able to be home with me more often because I think it'd be bring sanity to him and sanity to my kiddos knowing that they had an extra person in the home to just lean on and laugh with. But relationships are hard and I get that. I know completely firsthand my thunderstorm beach wedding has prophetic messaging all over it when you look at it in hindsight. But the wind and the rain also brought a rainbow. And the theme was rainbow. This is pre-Pinterest. I've shared this with you guys before. But for those who are new, there also means that there was an added answered promise. And I am so grateful for that rainbow, even though the rain and the wind allowed me not to wear my my white wedding dress on my very own wedding day until much later in the evening. So I just want to circle back to the point of this specific podcast. This family story, Aaron and David, is a story of truth and relationship. It is real, raw, it's beautiful and touching. It had me in tears on the live recording, which I'm pretty good at keeping my stage face. So that says a lot. It ran really deep. So if you are missing something in your relationship, if you have had a traumatic history and think there isn't any chance, if you are feeling isolated in your marriage, if you don't want to see your kids walk through a divorce, but it's been lingering on your mind, even if you're in a safe space with your marriage, this is a beautiful story of hope and resilience. But more than anything, it's a story of obedience. And that is such a key component of marriage as a whole. I hope you'll join me in this conversation with Family Fit Ministries. And if you're in need or said yes to any of those questions, I hope you'll lean on them as a resource, as a tool, and as a promise of hope. Because they, in and of themselves, are a rainbow story. This is your God wink. The moment that heaven says, for such a time as this... It's time to own your joy, prioritize your health, discover your wealth, and exude your wholeness. It's time to become truly fit. However, this isn't a fitness podcast, though I'm a retired personal trainer and nutritionist. This isn't business jargon or tips and tricks to landing your successful passion project, though that's totally why I'm a business coach. This isn't a quick fix health detox ploy, though I'm all for therapy and I love whole foods. I do have a YOLO side sweet tooth though. This isn't confusing religious banter, though I'm an ordained minister still figuring out the many things and facets and faces of Jesus. It's really none of that. So I'm wondering if you're wondering, what is this? Well, This is an opportunity to join me alongside other big dreamers, innovative movers, and lifestyle shakers as we explore and share our messy comeback stories and discoveries with each of you fellow passionate seekers. The Fit and Faith movement was birthed through my own trial and error discovery of mind, body, and soul alignment, and to be totally transparent, my own entrepreneurial crash and burn experiences. I've learned firsthand that being fit isn't about our physique at all. It's not about our qualifying abilities or titles. It's not about our potential. It's truly about our God-gifted passions meeting our purpose. 
You are one step away from achieving your idea, your dream, your calling, your purpose, whatever you want to call it. And I want to be there for the moment that you say yes in freedom, clarity, and confidence that you are living fully fit in who and whose you were made to be. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast with me, Tamara Andress. There is no better time than now to get fit. Hello, Facebook fam. I'm so excited to be here with you guys today. I swear, it doesn't matter if somebody's in studio or not in studio or if I'm doing an intro and outro, I always like put my hands together in prayer mode because it just makes me so excited, so grateful um, that we have this opportunity, especially now with the social distancing. Um, one of the guests that's on today, he literally just said, like, isn't it wild that you prepped all of this and this was a part of your, your plan before the plan unfolded of this time of social distancing? And it is, it's really wild and takes me aback all the time. So um, I'm pumped to introduce you to today's uh, couple. Uh, I don't know that I've actually had a husband and wife on collectively. I've had multiple husband and wife uh, pairs come on, but they've got to speak individually. So this is going to be a fun adventure for all of us. Um, and David and Aaron are uh, passionate people pursuing the Lord, which of course during this time we need that light. And so I hope today... Um, with what they share in their journey, in their testimonies, and in their personal passions and collective passions, um, that you feel inspired and that you find some hope in the midst of uh, what feels a bit like a tragedy, a bit like uh, we're stuck or in isolation. And ultimately, I think they share the passion that that's not the case, that there's good news in the midst of all of this. And um, I'm excited for them to to be here today. So David and Aaron, they are, are over there. You can see them right now, but they're uh, setting up, making sure that they're live on their Facebook pages as well. But I'm going to let you guys take the floor and just kind of share, um, share your story. I don't know where you want to jump in or how awkward that is, but I'll help probe conversation too. So welcome. Yeah. Hey, man, we're so thankful. We're just so thankful to be able to, to, to just share with you this morning and, and just get to know you a little bit and to hear your heart about just how you're invested in other people and and uh, empowering those people uh, around you and in your community. And uh, man, just so awesome. But um, we really are a story that started like perfect, you know? Mm. And um, and then it went really <laughs> bad. And, and we were a statistic, honestly. Uh, we were a statistic. Uh, we, were, we were dead as individuals. We were dead mm-hmm. as... A family we were dead as a marriage and um, and God just really um, really brought that uh, back full circle and, and, and through uh, restoration and and uh, so wow. anyway that's um, uh, it sounds similar to my story so I'm excited about that and when I first uh, got in touch with you and, and read some of the things and I don't know all the details yet <laughs> but I, I found it I was like oh wow this is really this is really purpose and I actually had personally invited a couple of people to this live experience from their own homes um, because I feel like what you guys have walked through and again not even knowing the details uh, marriage you know in our culture today is um, such a place of brokenness and it has such an opportunity of covenant and like really grasping love and really grasping relationship and communication and all 
all of the things that I know God intended for it to be, but uh, culturally, we have just not been shown the example that I believe God scripturally wanted us to and shows us on a consistent daily basis. So where, where, how did, what was the, you know, you use the word perfect and I have to go here for a minute because this is literally my testimony. Okay. I hate perfectionism. I hate it. I hate the word. I hate the concept. I hate the striving towards, but I lived 20, 20 plus years, a lot more than 20 years in that state of striving, in the state of thinking and expecting myself and my relationships, specifically my marriage, even my children, um, to, to be to that space. And because it was a constant word that was utilized, oh, your family is perfect. Oh, you guys are the perfect. You're the Barbie and Ken and your love story is amazing. And we never fought, right? They said, they would say like, oh my, we've been together for five years and I can count on one hand how many times we've disagreed. Y'all, that is not okay, okay? Disagree with your spouse. Have healthy conversation, constructive growth together. It's so necessary. So I, I want to hear, like, what was that storyline? What was the meet and greet, the meet cute, if you will? Well, we kind of fell into it, um, I think, by, des- by, by design of our background. Okay. And you sure. understand this um, as we move well, forward, but... You know, we, we both come from good, strong Christian families. Mm-hmm. So automatically, you know how to act. You know what's expected. You know what to wear. You know where to go. You know what to say. And so you, you automatically have, have all that surrounding you. And so not only do we come from good Christian families, yeah. but we, went, we both were Christian school graduates. All right. So there again is the next level yeah. of, you know, why yeah. we do what we do. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, then we went to Christian college, and uh, and so that's where we that's, that's where, where we met. That's where we met, and and honestly, we were like, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we were the perfect Christian college students, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, come from a Christian family, you know, a Christian school. Now we're in Christian college, and we're pursuing ministry and all these things, and. But that's where I met her. We did not know each other previous, uh, so that's where uh, yeah. that's where we met was at Christian College. Yeah, so. yeah, that, that's where we met. And for me, like you were saying about perfectionism, that's something that I've had to let go mm-hmm. and realize that that's not attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I struggled with growing up. And then in our first few years of marriage, I expected it to be this perfect. I always say like Disney theme, <laughs> you know, and the flowers and. I mean, it was like that. It, it, I mean, okay, okay, that's what they all say. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't bad by any means. I just think that. But we, we were, were so innocent. Yeah. We yeah. were we were so innocent for what marriage really was. Sure. And what, what God's intended purpose for it was, you know. Totally. Um, and and we went through. We went through marriage counseling, but you know, you go through a couple thirty-minute sessions, and it supposedly prepares you for the next eighty years of your life. And <laughs> I think it may get you through the honeymoon. Yeah, that's yeah, so it's true. Almost, it's almost count. It's almost counseling for the wedding day, yeah. and then after that, you're on your own. Yeah. And when we were in college, and we were working part time, and we were full time students, and we we literally lived that innocent married life it was okay it worked you know 
but I mean, we went into it expecting not to be divorced or not to separate. Of I mean, that was, yeah, yeah. Those were words that, that I mean, no, we didn't use. Yeah, especially in the Christian community like that. <laughs> I mean, in our parents, they didn't. We just figured we'd get married and it would work out. That's what everybody, we thought that's just what would happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we graduated, when we graduated college, I already had accepted a position as a student pastor. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, so when we walked across the stage, we graduated at the same time. She had um, elementary education. I had uh, a student ministry degree. And so when we graduated college, we literally moved out of our college apartment and into um, an apartment in a, a neighboring town and started ministry. And, um, and again, thought, well, this is like the perfect life, you know? This is exactly how God has designed it for us. Yeah. And, and it was good until, honestly, until we had kids, probably, <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> which, which is full circle because they're probably a big reason why um, God has brought us back together. Mm -hmm. but, um, but the reason I say that is because she, we had had our two daughters, mm -hmm. we had been in ministry probably five years, and we had had two daughters somewhere around that around that time because they were our youngest was really young probably a year or so well, we maybe yeah, yeah. Um, and so during that time we also had a Christian school associated with our church okay and as a just a progression of how some things were going I was asked to take over the school along with my duties as student pastor so I was honestly these are things that they didn't teach you yeah. in any of your classes. You know, you're just supposed to know these things. But, you know, here my wife and kids were at home and I was coaching three sports. I was working, keeping the school float. I was working, you trying to build that up and pour into students and families and uh, fill the associate pastor role. And, man, ministry had, had gone from what we want to pursue yeah. to something that had really consumed had consumed me yeah. to the yeah. point where it completely turned her off. Yeah, so I began to resent anything that had to do with the ministry because it was taking my husband away from me. And I had quit work and I was staying at home with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Mm. Um, and then he was coming home at eight o'clock, seven, eight o'clock at night, tired, of course, because he even worked in two different positions. Definitely. Um, yeah, and so I just began to build up this anger and resentment. Anything to do with the ministry, anything to do with God. I thought, he's, why is he taking my husband away from me and my kids? Where I felt like we were just getting scraps. Yeah, leftovers. yeah. And this started to build and build and build in my heart. No outward signs really towards him. Mm -hmm. Because for us, we didn't communicate either. We are not fighters. We're not yeah. yellers. Yeah. Um, like, that's, still, that's still something that we know. Yeah, like that hasn't changed. Yeah. So we have to work on that. Yeah, that is, that is something that we have to be intentional on is communicate. I'm glad I and started with that, it, Ben. It, I'll give you some insight on how me and my husband have approached it because it's hard. It's hard when that's not your natural tendency where, you know, oftentimes if there's the fight or flight, there's usually a fighter and there's a 
a flighter. Um, but me and my husband are both like, bye, we're not going to address that. Right. And so if, if that's the case, you, you know, you have to learn how to combat like constructively, um, and make sure that you don't because resentment and that buildup is so real that, you know, your year or a couple months or many years down the road. And then you're just a bomb waiting to go off. And you know, the other person doesn't even know what they did wrong because you've never talked about each of those little tiny things that never, you know, surfaced. That's right. And, and, and that's almost exactly what happened mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. You know, we weren't communicators. We didn't know how to, honestly, we didn't know how to communicate um, above surface area marriage yeah. type stuff. Yeah. And so because we hadn't done that, she was having some issues with my work schedule. What I was putting in at work, I didn't even notice it, you know, because I'm working, I'm coaching, I'm doing all these things, I'm leading, I'm doing all these things uh, in the name of Jesus, you know. And And that for me, that made it worse. And that made it worse. But what I know... And what I didn't realize was that my first ministry was at home. Totally. You know, yeah. nowhere ever, nowhere ever was I told that coming through all of these things. Wow. Even in college, they didn't even teach that. <laughs> I don't know. just figured well, you should know that. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know that. you know. But, no, wow. I didn't know. I was an idiot. Mm. <laughs> hey, you were young. My wife and kids at home, my first ministry, the one that I should be pouring into. And uh, honestly, I would come home and her her perception where she was had already checked out. Her perception was this is the worst. And she's checked out so far that really our communication is, is zero now. And we just grew apart, you know, and, and you hear that a lot. Well, we just, we, I don't know what happened. We just grew apart. Well, we grew apart, but I know what happened, you know, yeah. like we didn't communicate. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that, that, uh, led us to, to, to grow apart. And as we were growing apart, our circles became different. Mm-hmm. Like I was still including in the Christian circle there with, uh, with church and work and her circle was changing. Yeah, for me, I like I said, I started to resent the ministry and started to build up over, I would say, a couple of years. Yeah. Um, just that anger and resentment. Um, and I was working part time at a gym at that time, just like teaching a couple, like an hour a day. Yeah. So not really working. <laughs> um, so because I had built all that up, I had this little door open, and Satan sent someone in just mm-hmm. to make me feel mm-hmm. wanted and loved and appreciated what I didn't feel like I was getting at home sure. so you know that's that's it but again that what way. we hadn't talked about at no, home. no. Mm-hmm. You know? I never told him you're not loved or want I never said those things I figured he should just know he's my husband yeah yeah I should have known, <laughs> right. known. But, although I would have been mortified at that conversation of my wife looking at me and saying hey we need to talk and I need to be loved differently and I need to be yeah. loved more than what yeah. you're offering. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I, I would have been completely shocked at that. Um, but I was completely shocked at, at the other conversation that came as well yeah. because of somebody else trying to pour right. into my life yeah. uh, the way that it had been. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but it goes back to communication is so much easier 
Um, it's not always easy at the time, but it's so much more productive. Definitely. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a point that we try to use and understand is that we the other person doesn't know a lot of time unless you tell them. I mean, you just have to be open and communicate mm -hmm. and not hope they figure it out or yeah. Especially women, we're so different and we look at things differently and we understand different yeah. and our feelings are different. So it's really important just to communicate, communicate effectively. Definitely, and it's something to work on on the daily for us. Yes, yes. Likewise, I I hope I think that's probably everyone, whether or not they admit it or even work towards it. Um, I think there's ebbs and flows in every relationship and day-to-day -day experiences, but like even having, you know, I always talk about having that one night a week date night and have that can't be your only check-in point. That can't be the only time that you come together and say, hey, I like you right now, or hey, let's spend time together. Or, hey, let's talk about that thing that happened last week. And mind mindfully of the fact when you have little ones, it's hard to have those conversations. And, and that's where we were in our marriage is that mine were one and three. Uh, or one and two, barely one and two, and and just like never communicating because I was probably more similar. Well, Dave, David and I, in the sense that I was twenty four seven, I was running two full time businesses. My husband was running his own business, so we were both out of the house, and um, my kids were taken care of by my mom. And there was just we were two birds passing in the night. Like it was just it was so hard to find that footing. And even when we did. The the kids took the priority, right? Because they, at that age especially, they need you. Like, I was still nursing. I'm still, like, cooking every meal and, and all of the things, trying to live that perfect life of... And then wondering inside, how are other people doing this? How is this how is this working for anyone else? Because it is not working for me. And it wasn't working for him. And it was a matter of realizing that... At, from a striving place, I was still striving for things that I wanted in a worldly way, even though I had what God had already gifted me at home. And to know that, like, ultimately, it is your first ministry. It is the first blessing. It is the place that without that, building that on a rock, I mean, we were on sand. And we, we got married in the sand, so there's a lot of reference to that. Um, but to, we've gotten baptized together, and, and we are, you know, footed on a rock and building our foundation completely anew. And I think that there's such a, a part of what your story is going to lead into next about coming back together and, and recognizing the need for a sturdy foundation and not a cultural image of what marriage should be at all. So talk about, so this occurred and you you left. Was there a conversation in at that point or was it just like a, I got him out? Um, we still weren't really communicating. Mm -hmm. I just told him that I was done yeah. because I kind of blamed it on him yeah. I said it was his fault because if he would have done this then I wouldn't have done that yeah. that's the point I was at yeah. and we went through times it was this whole we were apart and divorced for a total of eight years so we went through periods of counseling times where we moved back in together um yeah and, all that really kind yeah. of at the start though right you know yeah. because it when I how I found out about um was kind of when text messaging was just getting started and I had gotten text messaging on my phone because I was I was the youth pastor, you know, and uh, but but she didn't have it and, and, and didn't, 
you know, well, we don't need it right now. It's like when it still costs, you know, and, and text. yeah, for text and <laughs> and uh, and so one morning I saw I saw a text pop up and I was like, well, that's that's odd, and um, and so really that next conversation, I mean, just really would set the pace for the next seven or eight years of our life. And we had, because we didn't know how to communicate, we had no idea what was getting ready to happen. And, um, and so we knew that um, she said, we're done. I'm thinking, well, this is my ministry. You know, what, what, what about my ministry? What about my job? What about, what about all these things that, that I'm called to do? Uh, again, still not realizing that this is what I'm called to do first. And um, and so we immediately began to try and work things out. Um, but she was done. It checked out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I don't, I think at that point I was trying to make it work for all the wrong reasons, honestly. Um, really for selfish save face, save God kind of, kind of deal. And uh, so we went to counseling. We, uh, we went to multiple counselors. Um, like we went to one, we didn't like what he said. We go to the next one or go to the next one, you know, trying to find one that would, that would work, you know, one that would fix us. But can I interject really quick? I have a question in regards to that. Um, because I, I am a huge believer in therapy and, and really pursuing that individually and collectively. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast, but I've never really had like, again, this conversation with the both of you. So at this point, Aaron, you're like, God is making me mad. And I'm like, don't want anything to do with that. Meanwhile, David, you're like, I need Jesus, and this is the whole point of why I am what I am, who I am, and where I'm at in my life. So did you guys pursue a Christian counselor or a secular counselor? We were Christian counselors, uh, pastor, Christian counselors, um, but we were going together. Sure, and how did you feel about that, Erin? I wasn't in the mind to really, I was just like going because he wanted you to go. My parents wanted Go, and I thought, well, maybe it'll work. I don't really want it to, but maybe it will. Okay. Okay. And I think that's so important. And, and that's one of the things that we tell people as we counsel and coach um, couples is if you're not ready, then don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't, 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 waste, don't waste your time. Don't waste your finances. Because in order for it to work, you have to be in a place where you're ready to receive it and ready to grow from it. Just going and sitting um, isn't, it just isn't very productive. Maybe, maybe you see that a little different, but we see that in, in marriage stuff that, you know, you're going to grow when you're, when you're ready to grow and your heart is in the right place. And ultimately counseling for us was, was a huge deal, but it was, for us individually right. for me it start like started several years later when i started to go to a licensed counselor she's a christian but she is a licensed counselor and she really tapped into some issues i was struggling with as far as my personality emotionally really learning how to deal with those things mm-hmm. and, and really work on myself yeah that's when i became open yeah, yeah. and that was six seven years later wow Um, what inspired you to go back to counseling at that point just like your own 
No, for me, um, I had a friend reach out. I was not going to church at the time, mm-hmm. not interested in anything to do with God. And she said, just come, come in late, leave early. You don't have to talk to anybody. I'll save you a seat. And so just her opening her heart up and just being kind, I thought, okay. I did. I, I thought, well, I did used to get a lot from church and read my Bible. I thought, well, maybe I'll just give this a try. So it was then that I started going to church and really just going not expecting a whole lot, but just thinking, okay, I remember how God used to speak to me. Let's just, I don't know, let's just do it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And as God started to soften my heart, I got connected with a counselor um, in a different church. But anyway, she, we got connected that way through friends. And um, I just, before that, just going to church. And then I started reading my Bible again and started praying, really just surrounding myself with people who were encouraging to me. And I think that God started to soften my heart. And so when the opportunity presented itself again, I thought, okay, there's some things I need to work on that are not good and that, you know, are not going to serve me well. In my mind, I thought at the time for when I get married again, Mm -hmm. not necessarily to him Mm -hmm. because we had already signed divorce papers. I was over. I thought, okay, there's some things I need to work on because I don't want it to end up like it did before. Because my whole heart, when I was growing up, I really just wanted to be a mom and a mm-hmm. wife and to just enjoy serving in the ministry together. That's just, those were just goals I had. And so I really wanted to go back to that. And at the time when I went to counseling and really started pursuing that, it was not going to be with him initially. Wow. It was going to be something else. Our, uh, one of our mistakes in counseling was when we were first getting started, we were try- we were dragging one or the other of us to, to counseling sessions together. And we were trying to fix us, but what really had to happen was she had to fix her and I had to fix me. Definitely. Because, because even though her her side of it was more public and mine was more private, neither neither one of us, neither one of us, our hearts were not in the right place. Yeah to to be working on each other we we needed jesus to work on us individually yeah it's so good and i think that's like the biggest oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say it took a long time for that you know yeah yeah i mean so some dark times yeah because because through that we were separated for a three and a half almost four years uh before we ever signed divorce papers and so through that time of separation, you know, we tried to navigate that very carefully for our daughters, um, and and, uh, and and be very cordial to one another. You know, that was super important for us, knowing that our our kids were going to live that lifestyle, and that was going to impact them for the rest of their life. And uh, so we were very careful of that. But we began to run in two different circles, and two completely different groups of people but what we didn't realize was that we were kind of in the same place mm-hmm. just in a dark place yeah. uh, individually you know in groups of people but so alone so yeah. alone i think a huge piece of that in and to go back to what you were saying is like that i that point of self identity And biblically, when God brought two together, it was the wholeness of woman and the wholeness of man coming together in that covenant experience. And because I wasn't raised in a Christian home to, I mean, I was raised in a Christian home. I shouldn't say that. I I wasn't raised in um, a fully practicing relational Christian home. 
And that relationship is everything, right? And so if we aren't self-aware and vertically aligned, we come into this experience with somebody else where we're supposed to understand a horizontal relationship when we don't even understand a relationship with ourselves. I didn't know how to love myself well. I didn't know how to talk or communicate with myself. You know, you have these mind battles that go on, and I couldn't even combat those by myself. So how in the world am I supposed to come together with another human being and communicate well with them? And then again, knowing that I'm implanting this into my children. And so um, I'm amazed that you guys, you know, at least had the grace towards one another to walk through that experience because I've seen it done very unwell um, and sadly and you see the repercussions from the children so you move into divorce you start counseling you're experiencing your self-identity walk and then what y'all this has been a transformational year for women who i have had the absolute gift of walking life out with and not for one second have I taken it for granted or can I take the credit for all that has transpired. It is truly a God thing. I wanted to jump on here to share with you about what I'm believing the 2020 year has in store for us. One of clarity and visions finally coming to fruition over our dreams. Core Creatives is a monthly women's collaborative community, which is catapulted into something very special. In each quarter, I'll be launching new groups that you could be a part of. Words like invaluable, rewarding, motivating, encouraging, authentic, foundational, and a godsend are all words that women have used to define this group. This year alone, new passion projects have taken flight, businesses have launched, seasoned businesses have rebranded, new vibrancy has been added to the pursuits and daily tasks, logos and websites have been generated, new customers have been cultivated, and my very favorite collaborations and healthy relationships have been built between women pursuing their own version of happiness. Y'all, this is not a competition and this group of creatives puts that into action. Oh, and I can't forget as a collective, we've raised thousands of dollars for nonprofit that we're all passionate about. I could go on for days, so I will stop ranting, but seriously, I had to take this chance to tell you about these groups as they continue to launch and a new one is happening soon. So sign up today or come out to a free meeting and truly see for yourself. This is an online and local event, so definitely get in touch. I can't wait to see you. Uh, then he started texting me. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. But, but really it was, I couldn't let go, you know? Like I, I could not let go of that, and you know, by this time we're probably seven years apart, mm-hmm. and so many other experiences and so many other people, um, you know, have different ideas for you, and and um, you know, I had w- one person say, "Well, one day you wake up, and you'll never even miss her," and I, mm-hmm. that was never my experience. Yeah. That was never that was never my experience. Like she was always on my heart, and I knew that that was who God had for me. Um, but we were just living we were just living defeated in, in a defeated marriage, a defeated relationship. We were living defeated personal lives, and um, and so she was, got plugged back in at church, 
through people who were pouring into her, just pouring into her and just loving her. Um, again, we were we were a little closer, but we weren't in the right place spiritually. But we were but we were getting there. God was working. We were open, and um, and people poured into me, and people poured into her. And I knew she was back at church, and I knew she was serving. I knew she was going. I knew she was growing just from what I could see and from what people were telling me and what the kids were telling me. And um, and so, and I knew I was growing. But one day, our youngest daughter, who was probably, I don't know, she might have been like five or six at the time, probably about five. She asked me, she said, Dad, Will I ever know? And through this, we tried to be very open with them. You know, we, we don't want to live secrets. We want to be open. This is going to be your lifestyle. And we want to help you navigate through this. But one day she said, she said, Dad, will I ever know what it's like to live in a house with a mommy and a daddy? And completely wrecked, you know? Um, like, how do you... Our kids ask us questions all the time that we just kind of try and make up answers for. And... Like, what do you say, you know? And and that that crushed me, and I thought, and I, I thought about that, and I said, honey, I said, if I can do anything to help that, the answer will be yes. Mm -hmm. And at that point, God used that to say, we're not, we're, we're not done. We need, to, we need to give it another try. Yeah. And so I just began, I, I know it was, centered around that conversation that God used to kind of influence my heart to say, um, let's just see if we can work this thing out. And so we just began texting small stuff like, hey, good morning. Or um, At first I was like, why? Why are you texting? Well, well <laughs> I was. I was like, this is over. This is done. I feel God was working on me, but I had put that part of my life. I felt like I'd put it behind. Sure. And I was trying to the right things of where I was right then. Well, I I kinda played it I kinda played it not so well at the beginning. Like if I knew she was out with friends or if I knew she was out with someone, <laughs> like I would text her then, Hey, just want you know I'm thinking about you. <laughs> like I want you to think about me. <laughs> else, you know, so so I, I didn't I didn't necessarily play it exactly right, but I mean I guess I did, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but that's really just how it started, you know. Um, and I'm just just thinking about you today, praying for you. Or I read something on, you know, and I think this might be an encouragement to us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so while we were just making these small talk connections, we were growing spiritually, mm -hmm. and people were pouring into us. They weren't hating on us because we were still in sin, you know. You know, not living. We were still living in perfect lives, and they weren't hating on that. They were just loving us where we were, yeah. understanding that Jesus was going to have to claim that. Yeah. And um, and and little by little, he was, and, and putting our thoughts and our minds back together. But I think she still was. You know, I was like, I don't have any other choices. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I got plenty. You need to. You need to. Stop. <laughs> But, you know, the Lord really, the Lord was really working. Yeah. And so I don't remember when, but he, had, he said, let's, you want to go out on a date? And so we started dating like secretly just because 
we didn't know if it was going to work yeah. and we didn't want to, you know, give our taught our daughters, especially, we didn't want to give them any kind of false hope. Sure. And so we dated secretly for a while. Yeah. Cause we've been, I mean, by this point we had been apart over seven years. So the hopes of family and friends and people of us getting back together seven years. I mean, that's the, those, those are long. Gone. Yeah, sure. Everyone, and everyone has accepted just where our family status is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so the last thing we wanted to do was give anybody any kind of hopes that we, we were going to make it. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know if we were going to make it. So we didn't tell a soul for, for a, a, a while, probably several months. Yeah. And so then he asked me to marry him again. Um, but we yeah. had started telling people. <laughs> <I> like, surprise! <laughs> that would be an interesting surprise wedding. <laughs> he asked me out. He did it kind of privately because he said, I don't know if you're ready for this. I'm ready. So it was really sweet. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not ready, you don't have to wear this. Got me a new ring and everything. Wow. He said, if you're not ready, then, you know, I want you to take your time and pray about this. And at that point, I knew in my heart that God wanted us to be together again mm-hmm. um, but I still was looking for this feeling yeah. that I had when we first met in college and I was looking for that feeling again and I didn't have that and so I was still was scared and unsure um, and so I just went in knowing that God wanted me to marry him and really learning as we you know got married in the last three years that love is not about a feeling yeah uh, and I, that's one thing that, especially young couples, they look for people that are dating. And, and when you meet somebody new, you do have that. But that's not what real or true right. love, biblical love is. Right. Um, and so for me to understand that and, to, and then to really just have faith that God would connect us more as we continue to grow through the last several years. But I wanted to tell you real quick, the daughter that um, told him that, about the mom and the dad, we all understand. So we had a ceremony, a little, you know, I bought a dress again. It was just family, and they were little flower girls in the wedding. Um, and then right before or after, I can't remember when, but she had written, they both had written us notes. And in that one daughter's note, she had written that she had prayed every night for her mom and dad to get back together. Mm. Um, so th- for us, we really believe that God used our, our children to yeah. connect us and bring us back together. Yeah. I always think if we didn't have them, I don't know. I mean, you don't know, mm-hmm. but I, I, I really don't. They definitely got, definitely used them as a catalyst to to us even looking at restoration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, I think our I think our kids, you know, having that childlike faith and having that desire innately, even when it's not mimicked socially as well. I mean, my kids see a lot of of mixed families and, you know, families with just a mommy, families with just a daddy and all of that and um, mine were so little in the experience that as we were going through counseling, we never separated. We were, you know, together the whole time, but we um I mean, I would sit in bed at night crying, isolated, like completely alone. And, and it's odd that, you know, we're walking through this season now where people are being, 
you know, essentially forced back to concentrate on that first ministry. And uh, I, I pray that there is communication and I pray that they aren't feeling completely alone and isolated in that experience because it is one of the loneliest things ever. But I remember laying in bed all the time with my three-year-old at the time and we, I would be laying in bed for him to go to sleep and he would see me cry and he would just like put wipe a tear away and he would just say, mommy, you don't have to be sad. Daddy always makes you happy. And I was just like, those are the littlest moments that happened so many times that I know had my kids not been in my life that I would have chosen to, to keep pursuing what I thought was my perfection, what I thought was what God wanted for me. I'm good at this. I'm, this is what I'm meant to do. And yet what we're meant to do is to learn to live in a covenant marriage and to shine lights for others in that regard. No matter what your purpose pursuit is outside of the home, it's all connected. Um, and I wanted to say one thing as well as you were talking about running in different circles. And uh, I see this a lot in marriages and even marriages that seemingly are doing really well. And I just want people to always have an air of red flag when that happens um, for them to recognize the huge, huge value that it is for you to be in communion with other people who are married walking this thing out together. Because what they have to say about your experience or your feelings, quote unquote, or a situation that you're in is drastically different than the person who is single, the person who is divorced, the person who is not pursuing Jesus, the person who is, you know, they just want a buddy. They're like, they want a drinking partner. And, and that is so, that is so out of alignment with where God would have us be. And so to, to live in the discomfort, to live in the uncomfortability of that isolation. And instead of looking outwards, look inward first. And then obviously upward in that process. And then you can start to reconnect horizontally with the person that God has intended for you. So you guys literally live that out in such a different way than my marriage, but in so many similarities. So it's really, I'm, I'm grateful to be in communion with you just in this time and, and thereafter. Um, what, a, what a legacy for your girls to, to know that they get to pursue like the wholeness of love um, when they, when they are that age, cause they're still babies, still young. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Uh, you know, and I think, uh, that there's also so much accountability when we, when we run with our spouse and so when true. we have that community together, small groups or whatever it may be, yeah. there's just accountability with that. Definitely. And, um, and, and one thing that we have found is, just accountability is, is is so good, and we didn't we didn't have that before. You know, we didn't know that we needed it, yeah. but now we we right. just know. Yeah. Hey, we we are you know we are human mm-hmm. and uh, need each other, and we need uh, accountability that God puts in our in our life. But uh, as we as we got remarried, um, I think that was probably. It, it was a, just a full step of obedience. Mm-hmm. We had we had no idea what we were stepping into. Like we were more scared that time than we were the first time. 
the first time when we got married, we were in love and we knew it was going to work. Yeah, you know? yeah. The second time, we're like, I think I love you, and I have no idea if it's going to work. <laughs> so for me, I started to use communication because my counselor said, "This is, you know, you need to work on this." And so I told him, I said. We were in a very small town. We moved there when we um, left college, and we have been there for 15 years. Uh, and I said, if this is going to work, I said, I think you're going to have to leave your ministry where you are. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't think that I can survive here. Just mentally, just some of the things I had been involved in, I just didn't I didn't feel strong enough to face that every day because it was a small town. Yeah, definitely. Not that I was given an ultimatum, but I said, I really want you to pray about this. I don't think that I can stay where we are and our marriage survive. Right. But, if, but at that point, I knew that this was my first ministry. Like, I, God had brought me to that point where I knew what I was pursuing. Yeah. Everything, everything else was uh, second place to us fixing our our marriage and our family. Yeah, and um, when I had approached him with that, I didn't know, but God was already laying the groundwork for some opportunities that had been presented to him that he had said no before, uh, but then he was able to say yes to. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just want those, you know, there's someone listening that is struggling with, I just don't know, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't know if it's, I just don't know if it's right. You know, and I think we are where we are today because we stood on top. We got married at a lake on top of a boathouse. Awesome. That was, there was a pivotal place for us that God used in, he used that family and he used that place over the years to make sure that we were always connected with one another, like always seeing one another, taking the kids there, dropping them off. Um, and so we wanted, we wanted to that to be a, just a landmark for our relationship. But it all came back to, we're just going to be obedient. And we have no idea what that looks like. We have no idea what the road ahead looks like. We have no idea, honestly, what is in store. But we know right now, that God would have us to be obedient. And he had protected us in all of our disobedience. I mean, seven, and it went back past that, he had protected us in all of our disobedience to give us that place at the top of that boathouse on that February day to stand in obedience. And, um, and it's just, you know, we're just so thankful for that. But so beautiful it's so wild like i i haven't remarried my husband but we talk about it all the time i did like um repropose at one point um i didn't propose the first time but i proposed this time and um it was you know one of those things that i i just it feels like uh, how do I say it? Like even the representation of the ring, which, you know, people I've since married other, you know, Christian couples. And in that we talk about the circle of the ring and the, you know, all of those things, like no earthly representation of marriage exists in a tangible to me. 
the only earthly representation that exists for me is literally when we are connected one together like in intimacy that doesn't necessarily mean in the bedroom it's great but in like literally like connection right where you can just be with that person and the the song that speaks to me so deeply in that is uh uh Tyrone Wells fully known where I can just look at him and he can look at me in all of the hurt, all of the pain, and then all of the highs and all of the beautiful moments. And he knows me. And that is ultimately who God sees every time he looks at me. And so to have that comparison, to know that he looks at me just as much as like a a daughter as he does as a wife. And that might sound really weird, but like that representation of like fully knowing someone, he adores me, he protects me, but yet he wants me alongside of him and I'm the mother of his children. And like all of these pieces, it's so much deeper than a ring. It's so much deeper than even a marriage ceremony. Um, But there is so much covenant to that when Jesus is involved. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. And 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 he gives the perfect picture of marriage, you know. Um, and that was a verse that was really he used in my life in Ephesians. You know, husbands, you're to love your wives as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm-hmm. And as we were walking back through this, like, there's no way that I can love her like Jesus wants me to love her until I've fully understand the love that he has for me and when i understand the love that he has for me then i can love her the way that he wants me to love her and i mean that was an awakening for me that like it is this is not some superficial you know you know arm around you sunday morning kind of deal you know and everything's okay Mm -hmm. this is like this is this is for real yeah and i am to love her like Jesus loves me, and the only the only way I can do that is to understand the love of Jesus in my life. Yeah, and then pray that we can do, um, you know, pass that on to her and, and to, even to our kids. You know, that they would see that and that they would see our love and look for that. Definitely, their life. Definitely, and I think a big part of that because I've always come back again to that word perfect. Is, is knowing it, that I'm never going to get there, that even our marriage is never going to get there. And so for us to be always pursuing what Jesus would have for us, which is perfection, but being very honest about the fact that at the end of the day, he likely, because of he's human and imperfect, isn't going to be able to give me the fullness that I need. And so I'm sure Aaron has come, you've come to many conversations with yourself to say, okay, I'm acting in obedience. I don't feel the butterflies, but I know this is where God would have me be. God, like, show me the butterflies. Give me the butterflies. Like, give me the feeling. And I have had to find that feeling in Jesus. Like, God, how can you fill my cup to the overflowing brim? Because he's not going to meet me there every single day of his life. And I'm not going to meet him there in the same regard. And so knowing in my imperfection, in my humanness, that this perfect covenant marriage that God would have us do, we're still going to fall short. And so just grace, that's where then grace is the representation of us coming to the table, right? Like, I didn't get it right today. I went to bed without the kiss. I 
said the wrong things, I did the wrong things, I flighted instead of fighted, like all, I do it wrong all the time. And so being in conversation about that also continuously in this, not living in a state of apology, but living in a state of grace. Yes. And that was one of the things that I had to learn because I expected him to fill me up and, and be what I needed. And it shouldn't come from him. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's a really big thing. To, to teach girls, like I'm a part of a, a Rise Up Women's Conference. I say women's, they're girls, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And I never thought that that would be a generation necessarily that I would be called to because I'm in community so much with people who are my peers or even a little bit older sometimes. Um, but when I got asked to do that, I was just praying around it and I'm thinking, God, where was my mind at those times? And it was in really dark, isolated places um, from things that I had walked through from childhood that I didn't even recognize. I didn't even know. It was just like living in a state of blindness. And so feeling such desire over that generation and like pouring into them to know that like they are fully known as who they are right now and also already known who they're going to become. And so pray over your spouse, but don't give yourself to people, especially the opposite sex, when you don't even know what you're giving. You don't even know the piece of the puzzle that you're letting go because that's intended for your husband. And and that is just like so critical in this time, even from a social media virtual reality that we're living in. I see you know, TikTok videos and Snapchat filters and all of this. And I'm like, oh, you're giving a part of yourself that's not intended to be given. It's hard. One of the for me that I really had to understand is forgiveness. Like I had, like I had this mentality that God was waiting for me always to mess up. And he was just like, that's just kind of what I pictured God as growing up. Yeah. And even to beginning parts of our marriage and really just learning that God accepts me who I'm as I am. Um, and, but then for me really accepting forgiveness for my husband for what I had done. Um, and he forgave me. And I think that's so important. Like if there's something going on in your marriage that you have to forgive for, forget. Yeah. Obviously I'm not going to forget cause we're human, but to really don't beat your respect over the head with it he didn't he forgave me but for me it was really accepting that yeah and like okay, he did forgive me oh, okay he did and god really forgave me and really just relishing in that and just accepting that and be it was almost like when i finally accepted it okay god really did forgive me my husband really did forgive me it was like this my chest just opened up oh so good yeah because it's it's also like just the forgiveness of self and like yeah. understanding like I could understand that Jesus forgave me. I've been taught that my whole life. I could understand him forgiving me, but it was like the forgiveness of self is so deep. And that's where like therapy and counseling really comes into play because you, for me, it was this experience where I got to go back into my childhood as the person that I am today and the wholeness of who God has made me and sit with that girl sit with that little child who was alone, who made wrong decisions, who was coaxed and, and experienced the enemy in so many drastic ways and recognized that like God was there and that it's okay. 
and that you are now, you know, this new being, this new creature in the reborn again experience of, of being with Jesus. Um, so it's, there's so many levels, there's so many layers, but like, again, it all goes back to self-identity, your vertical alignment so that you can come into relation with your spouse. So it's so beautiful, like the way that you guys have done that. So since coming back together, you now share your story and, and tell me about Family Fit Ministries. Like, what is that and the intent? Well, this marriage looks a lot different than the first one um, because we purpose it differently, you know, and there's a couple things that we do um, that are different. One of those is we have to be intentional about communicating. So we try and be better communicators. The second is well, we have to be intentional about spending time together. Um, even though um, she is a full-time health coach and works from home and, and manages her clients from home, and I'm at the church. Um, we live just right across the street from the church, but there's still office work and time and, and, and things that we're involved in. And, um, and then, you know, kids in school, time can slip away. And so we just try and be intentional about spending time together. For us now, it's uh, we get up early in the morning, go to the gym together, and um, we're running now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I missed that. <laughs> I can't wait for that gym to open back up. <laughs> I bet. But, but you know, it's just little things that it's not always sitting side by side, sipping hot coffee. You know, it's yeah. it's just being together. It's just. It's just that time where you just can, I can see her. I was thinking this morning as I was running, and we had gone different paths. No, no. He runs faster than me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to wait on me. It's all right. I, I know, but we had, we had gone different paths, and I had come up behind her. And she was, I mean, she was a ways up the road behind me, but I just thought, Lord, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the opportunity that I have to watch her because I know where she's been mm. and I know where she is now and I don't know where you're going to take her but I'm thankful that I'm along for the ride for that and I'm just thankful for this person that you've created and put back into my life because we're so undeserving of that yeah. and, and, and so all of that together God really burdened our heart for to start a ministry where we could just share our story right. there's what we find is that there's so many, and I know you see the same thing, there's so many people that are in their marriage and they literally think it's the worst place on earth. Like it is, it is, it, they are hurting, um, they are alone, they feel left out. Um, and, and we know that that's not how God intended it. You know, that's not his purpose for marriage. He, he created it that it would be good and that, and he, Whosoever findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and, and marriage is good, and we want that. We desire that healthy marriage and that healthy relationship for everyone because we have been on the unhealthy side of it, and we know what that looks like. And we've been in the middle of it, and we know what that looks like. And now we're on the healthy side of it, and we see how much better that is than everything else we went yeah. through. Yeah, so it's really we really just started it as a way... But first when we started, I, we didn't really think we were going to be speaking, yeah. sharing our story. It was really just a way for people to hear our story written out and then to reach out to us. Okay. Because one thing that we 
for me and him, him as well, we felt like we didn't have any, not, no resource. Yeah. There was nothing of it to us, and we felt trapped. Definitely. So that was initially, we started it for that reason. Yeah. And then yeah. God opened up, people were contacting us to come and speak and share. Yeah. We thought, well, okay. Yeah. All right, God, if that's what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, and so, and so it, it really has been a complete step of faith. And, um, and uh, we're just learning and growing as God opens doors. But um, this year has been, I mean, just been incredible for, um, for what God has just allowed us to be able to do and share. And, and just the, the victories that we've been able to see, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the hope that people have, not because of us, it is not about us. I, I use this word all the time, but, you know, like we are on any given day a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so it is it is not it is not about us. It is it is nothing about us. It is about the hope of Jesus Christ. And we simply are a picture of what can be when you are obedient mm -hmm. and living in light of who God is. And who he wants you to be, That's and so um, and so it has nothing to do with the decisions we made. It has everything to do with who God is and His character, and um, and so we're just so thankful for the opportunity that He has given us, just time and time again. Whether it's with uh, someone over the phone or a couple, you know, in person, or speaking at different places or podcasts or whatever it is, the opportunity that we have just to share. A story of success because there are so many there are so many marriages and we realize that they won't end they won't end with a story like this and um, and we were almost there yeah we were almost there and so we're thankful that God rescued us and um, but there's hope it doesn't matter if in your our story isn't always about restoration yeah our story is about being faithful yeah being faithful and being obedient so whether you're in your first marriage or third marriage or fifth marriage, like make that the last one. Be faithful right where you are. Honor God right where you are. Make him the foundation of your marriage right now. And he will build the house that you desire. You know, so good. don't keep switching plots. You know, don't yeah. keep switching plots. Don't keep switching people. God's God's desire for marriage is the one you're in right now. Yeah. And he has, and he has a foundation that he wants to build in your life for that. And uh, don't give up on that. Don't quit. There's hope. There's resources. There's people. There's prayer. Man, don't give up. Keep pushing. Keep fighting. You know, don't fight. So good. So good. <laughs> I love that full circle. Look at you. When are you going to become a podcast host, y'all? <laughs> so good. I was thinking as you're sharing, I'm like, okay. We have a book out of this. We have a workbook out of this. We have a timeline out of this. <laughs> like my entrepreneurial brain's going, run, 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 run. <laughs> I love all of this. I think that it's literally going to touch the hearts of so many. I'm so grateful to just be alongside you as you share your story. You guys got me choked up many times um, because it's so real and it's so it touches everybody in a different way. There was people on that were just talking about how good it is and how real it is and and supporting you guys the whole way through so i'm i'm just thankful that you guys came in obedience that you can speak up and speak out about things that hurt
hurt you, things that you chose wrongly in, and that you can say, hey, that was me, but that's not the end of my story. And I think ultimately that's a testimony because Jesus gets the, he gets the shining star at the end, right? He gets the gold medal. It's not, it's not about us, um, but he is surely there along the entire race. And that's another thing that I think people just need to recognize is in that isolation, in the moments of despair, in the pit, wherever you are, like God is with you and you aren't alone. Um, and he'll continue to show himself until you take off the scales of your eyes and recognize that he's been there all along. Um, so I'm excited for you all. I think this is literally just the beginning of something so good for your marriage, for your relationship, for uh, your children, and for generations to come because it is absolutely something that your grandchildren and great-great-grandchildren and all of the people that are in your ministry and around them, they, I know, are blessed to have you as an example to a covenant marriage. So thank you guys for being here. How can they find you? Let's share. I'm going to, of course, share all the links um, here and then when the podcast goes, but if they want to get in touch with you right now, where do they go? Where's your most occupied social media? All right. So our Facebook page, Family Fit Ministries, is there. Um, our website, www.familyfitministries.com. Uh, we have an Instagram. We just started Instagram and an IGTV account. Uh, so we're we're super pumped about that. And uh, But, you know, it's there. Facebook, website, all of our contact is there. Hey, and if we could just pray with someone, you know, I mean, someone is struggling, we don't have all the answers. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of times that we outsource, you know, to a, a, a certified counselor that that's what they do for a living. But hey, if we can just help just be an encouragement and just pray, um, then we just want to be able to do that. You know, yeah. um, I think we talk about I think we should do family. that before we go out. Yeah, we have so many people live with us, and I think that there's a need for that in this time especially. Would you guys like to lead the front? Yeah, 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 uh, let's do it. Uh, Lord, we're just so thankful for who you are. And God, we realize that it is it is nothing within us except the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is all about you, and it is about your grace, and it's about your mercy. And, is it, and it is about the power that comes through the name of Jesus and Lord, we're just thankful for how you have shown that in our lives. And Lord, for bringing us to a place of obedience. And God, thank you for giving us forgiveness. God, thank you for the forgiveness that is in Jesus. Thank you for putting forgiveness in our hearts for one another. And Lord, for just bringing the restoration of our family together. Lord, we're just so thankful that you redeem and you restore and you revive. God, you have given us new life. And Lord, you promised to do that all through your word, that when we call on you and when we look to you and when we live in obedience to you, God, you promised to give us new life. Behold, all things, old things are passed away. All things become new. And so, God, this morning we just rejoice in that. God, we're thankful for uh, Lord, just this platform, this podcast. God, we're thankful for these people who are listening today. And Lord, no doubt, no doubt. There's someone this morning, God, that just needed to hear a story of hope. They needed to hear a message of encouragement. And God, they need a foundation built on the word of God and the hope of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, this morning, we just pray that you would encourage hearts, that you would empower families, that you would communication, that you would provide accountability. God, that we might live lives that are profitable 
for the kingdom. And we'll mm. thank you and pray you in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. It was such a joy to get to know you. Thank you for sharing. And we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, awesome. We'll see you. Bye. Hey y'all, it's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you. Something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamara.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.